Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz Loza. I'm here with Matt Harmon and producer Brad and we are in our pod studio, which Harmon has an adorable name for, in Los Angeles. <laughs> it feels good to be back. Does it? It feels good to be back. I think um, so, too. How, now, how's your liver? Uh, it's it's recovering. I haven't drank any alcohol since Saturday, um, so that's been nice. Um, you know, slowly but steadily feeling more like myself um, after what was an exhausting Nashville trip for not only my liver, but my waistline, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Great also, town, but a lot of a lot of sins. I don't uh, understand why you. I lost weight in Nashville. Yeah, that's. Can I say bullshit right off the top? Because that's <laughs> <Yeah>. bullshit. <laughs> I don't like that. You know what the key is? The key is walking everywhere instead that of lifting. That was helpful. That yeah. was helpful. Yeah, I was carrying uh, many tripods and gear. <gasps> everywhere, Producer so. Brett was like a Sherpa through the streets oh, of yeah. downtown Nashville. Oh, it was incredible. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. off to Brett. Yeah. Thank you. You crushed it. I had like a Pelican case, but on a Lime scooter as well. Really. <laughs> I never got to do a scooter. Oh, I desperately I wanted to scoot and never worked out for me. Yeah, I had to carry gear. I was a Lyft XL. The app was just, I opened it up and it was like Lyft XL again. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it was you know a good me? time though. We had a good, we had two good podcasts with the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast. Guys. Guys. Charles, Charles, Charles Robinson. Senior NFL Insider Therese Paler and senior NFL insider Charles Robinson. That was one thing that stuck out to me right away. To get on your radar. When we got with those guys, it's like, oh, wow, they go like full title when it's just like, like, it's Liz and Harmon. (laughs) Like, here we go. Um, But it was a good time. And a lot of things happened at the draft. A lot has occurred since the draft. Um, I want to talk about Josh Rosen and the Dolphins. All right. Because I don't know, Harmon, if this ever happens to you, but. Sometimes when you're like deep in your research, and I should also mention that part of the reason I was doing this research was because me and Andy Barons and Brad Evans are rolling out a team preview. Now, calm down. Yes, you get to have a summer, but this is all in advance of our draft kit, which will be fully assembled come August. So we are starting with the AFC East. This article about Miami and fantasy impact slash implications within the team has been published. You go to Yahoo Sports and find it or Yahoo Fantasy. Where do we find this stuff? The website? The website. The website. YahooSports.com, <laughs> the fantasy tab. Or can you just type in YahooFantasy.com? Let's find out. Everyone has Google. Like, that, just Google it. Yeah, or go to my social, at LizLoza underscore FF. I've, I've posted links there. You can go to the, the, my Instagram as well. Anyway. Sports.Yahoo.com slash fantasy. So sometimes when you're and this time of year is, is really lovely because you can, like, court players, right? Mm. It's not like speed dating in mm-hmm. fantasy season. Like, great, what's your credit score? Do you have any priors? That's fantastic. You're starting. This is a, like, hey, tell me about your mom. Are you a cat person or a dog person? You can get to know potential prospects. And so I was deep into my research, and um, I caught some feelings for Josh Rosen. And and the Dolphins, I definitely, like, had some palpitations, not just because Josh Rosen was an absolute class act in his exit from Arizona, but I thought about how in February, everybody was talking about this team, quote, organically tanking, 
right? Like that was the narrative. Everybody or someone who hosts, co-hosts this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, but there was an article from the Orlando Sentinel that Matt referenced. And by the way, that like the whole of NFL media yeah. in his defense referenced about tanking for Tua. And that might have been the case. I still never bought into it. I don't think like people coming off, two coaches coming off of a Patriots uh, dynasty and coaching tree are certainly going to be like, yeah, you know what? We're great at losing. Yeah. So I'm. let me have my Go moment with Josh. I'm okay? sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I'll wait. And so then, however, this gift occurred, right? Like during the draft, they got the 10th overall pick in the 2018 draft now as their quarterback for basically pennies on doubt. It's miraculous. It's unprecedented. And who do they have on staff? They've got Jim Caldwell as the assistant head coach, also the quarterback's coach. He has done some work elevating Joe Flacco, Matthew Stafford. Those are two quarterbacks who have some perhaps likability issues. So there's some overlap there. (laughs) Chad O'Shea uh, is the OC. He's won three Super Bowls with New England. And here's a quote that I got real excited about. And this is a quote from February. When asked about his offensive approach slash scheme, he said, it's our job as a coaching staff to identify what are the skill sets of the players and how we can utilize those skill sets to be a productive offense. That's why we don't just talk about a specific scheme. We talk about being multiple. We talk about being able to adjust, which is antithetical to anything Crazy Eyes Gase ever does. I love it. I don't think that Josh Rosen is going to be like a top 25 fantasy quarterback this year. He doesn't have the pieces around him there, but he is going to be the starter and he is building towards the future. And I'm telling you, this Dolphins team is a different team. Stop laughing at me. I'm all in. I mean, wow. Like Liz Loza's uh, turn to a Dolphins fan was not expected here in the year 2019. I don't know. I'm with you, though. Well, like, what's wrong with Rosen? His mechanics aren't that bad. He's got a hero arm. I think he now has a. Let me hold on. Sorry. Let me let me tell you. Let me <laughs> let me know when you let me know when you need me for the, for this podcast. <laughs> I think you have enough of your own podcasts. Um, he All now right. has a big and hyper athletic tight end in Mike Gesicki, who can be a security blanket. By the way, not only is Gesicki a ninety seventh percentile spark athlete, but last year horribly misused mm-hmm. thirty two targets. 23 of which, according to Sports... Sports Info Solutions. Yes, thank you. 32 targets. 23 of those were catchable. He caught 22 of the catchable targets. That's a nice security blanket. That's what Rosen needs. He didn't have an athletic tight end in Ricky Sass, RSJ. <laughs> Jones Seals. Ricky Seals Jones. Jones, yeah. All right, now go ahead. Well, and it's a good point about Gusecki, too, because... Last year, I thought watching, you know, watching him in Penn, at Penn State, he was a guy who would go down the seams and be like a vertical threat tight end. He was too frequently used like on crossers, sure. whatever, like go after the go through the middle of the field and get yards after the catch. That's not his game. They also have Dwayne Allen, too, uh, mm-hmm. who we had on Bet the Realm a while ago. And, and to validate your point as well, Liz, like when I brought up the tanking thing with him, he's like, oh, you know, no way. Like, I'm not like I'm going out there balls to the walls, you know, right. to win games. So it is an interesting offense with pieces like Albert Wilson. You know, I always have a fire in my heart for that guy. I love Kenny Stills. Yeah, Devontae Parker still kicking around there. They have Kalen Balaj, Kenyon Drake in the backfield. There is some interesting young pieces on the team. The problem with Rosen, though, and the problem with him as a Dolphin is that I still think he is very much like we've been talking about with Dwayne Haskins, an inside of structure only quarterback. And they probably have one of the worst offensive sure. lines in the NFL. I, I won't dispute that, but then why are we overranking Haskins, especially when, to the same I'm point, not. Jason Lockenfora published an article uh, for CBS, I don't mind shouting out the competitor when they do awesome stuff, where he spoke to evaluators, talent evaluators that he was friends with, who were not in the quarter weren't weren't in the market for a quarterback and asked him to rate asked them to rate Rosen in terms of the 2019 class and they all drafted him either one or two ahead or behind mm-hmm. Kyler Murray. Yeah. So we're all hot and bothered for Dwayne Haskins because he's staying local and connecting with Terry McLaren and every other freaking narrative that you can put forward when Josh Rosen has a giant chip on his shoulder, is a good kid and cares about the damn environment. <laughs> well, that's a big problem, right? The last one. <laughs> big environmentalist. That's he recycles, heaven forbid. No, I mean, I'm not going to dispute anything you're saying. Um, Good. I still think that there is a chance that 
the Dolphins are in the quarterback market again this year, that they're picking one or That's two. That's my the, fear yeah. for this team. The best case scenario is the worst case scenario for the Dolphins, which is another season of six and ten, seven and nine. Yeah, that's what they don't what, want. And we know for a fact, organic, we don't know for a fact, but we know this team is organically tanking. This team wants a top two pick next year. How do we know that? But they Poor can still Josh earn Rosen, a top two. Wait, wait. They can still earn a top two pick. Have faith in their quarterback, who potentially, like, I don't know, gets hurt midseason and then comes back for the last four weeks, like Sam Darnold, and lights it up. And then they can gather more picks and moneyball this shit and and fix their O line and give it a goddamn identity. Well, that's I, why. That's why this is a great move, even if it. Even if it turns out that Josh Rosen... That's a lot of bleeps, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. This is great. Uh, I think that this is a great move for all of those reasons because no matter what, I mean, there's a couple scenarios where Rosen can get banged in this, but there's almost no way that the Dolphins can get, can get banged in this, which is either Rosen goes out there and proves he's their quarterback for the future going forward, and I guess still in that scenario, they end up with a mid-first-round pick as opposed to a top-two or three-pick, but... Who cares? The ma- the problem the, the problem is solved in terms of the quarterback, which is great for them. There's also a scenario where Rosen goes out and he's not that good, and they just take a quarterback one or two in the draft next year, and then Rosen's kind of banged in that situation. But it is what it is. Or, or he has an opportunity to beat that person out. Right. I, I just like I said, it's a great move for the Dolphins because no matter what, it's going to work out for them. But there are ways it cannot work out for well, Rosen. Well, Matt Silver Linings Harmon. I guess back home in Los Angeles, the tables are turned and I'm now the optimist. Did I, I actually have a funny story on that. So I was I was tweeting with one of my online Twitter friends and uh, I said something about like, well, to be like I'm rebranding to a silver linings guy. So like in th- th- this way, he could still become a good route runner. We're talking about a player or whatever. And he goes, what are you talking about? You've always been a silver linings guy. What, what rebrand? I was like, oh, right. I forgot I'm talking to somebody who only knows me online. <laughs> Not as a not as a brooding gaslighter of NFL media. Um, I just fear for young my young tribesman brother <laughs> that he's going to be in a situation extremely similar to the situation yeah. he was this February, March, and April. That's where where it's just like, uh oh, the Dolphins have the second pick. Are that you know are they going to take Tua or Herbert or Herbert? Uh, who, and who are they going to trade Rose into? Uh, because it's a it's a foregone conclusion that the Dolphins are going to be drafting a top tier, top two quarterback. I don't know if he wins and over that a, fan base, which I think he's on his way to doing. He's mm-hmm. going to have to be real bad. And part of this, all this, this whole investigation came out of the like, who's going to be the week one starter? Birthday cake lover <laughs> or or this guy? And like the answer is give me the 22 year old, 23 yeah. year old and not. Fitzmagic and so, whoever it was, by the way, bro, who came at me about like, whoa, look at last year what Fitzmagic did. Do you want to talk about him having Todd Monken and the best goddamn quartet of receivers in the game? That doesn't exist in Miami. Like Fitzpatrick is only he's the streakiest quarterback in the damn league. And he's only elevated by the talent around him, which is not this comp. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm tired now, guys. Yeah. I don't know. That was it for me. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been a short podcast. Uh, everyone, thank you for coming in. Do we have anything else on Rosen? Anything no, else I, think on the you s- I think you have said it all. Like, I love on the outline. It was perfect. It was just Josh, Roden, Josh Rosen was traded to the Dolphins. Liz has thoughts. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on any particular player? Should we move on? I think we Do you have any on. grievances to air about? No, no, no grievances. To okay. Air. So then let's talk about Josh Jacobs. Yeah, let's do it. Isaiah Crowell, Dunzo. Quick, quick uh, cup ended of before coffee. It, ended yeah. before it began. Doug so, Martin is back. Chris Warren, by the way, he kind of looked good in the preseason last year. I wish yeah. they'd give him a shot, but I don't think that's necessarily going to happen when they draft Josh Jacobs in the first round. A lot of people, it's kind of a chalk pick. A lot of people projected he'd land in Oakland. Um, so... He is ranked according to the Yahoo consensus, which Matt does not partake in because he had uh, he got a, a better contract than the rest of us. Um, but he is the RB18. <laughs> That's around pick 39 overall. I have him ranked RB15, which is a little bit aggressive. Um, I do understand why maybe someone's not as bullish on him, but I'm going to ask you first, Matt. We talked about depth 
um, yeah. at the running back position and how 15 is or even 19 or 20 is is kind of tough. So way too much for me. Running back 18. I don't think so. Really? Yeah. I mean, one, we don't know if this is going to be a good offense. I think it has a, a shot to be because they have good receiving pieces. Uh, they still have some quality players on the offensive line, even though oh, it's a mystery that line. Even though you know, like Gruden's already getting cranky about the left guard position. Uh, they Gabe don't Jackson, have, they're gonna. But he's probably. the right. He's the right guard, right? And they traded Kalechi Osemele, right? And he was the left guard. Whatever. I don't know. They they've got a guard spot that they they've got an issue well, they, with. I think they're gonna try to. They might sign Richie Incognito. That was on. Which I, is, <laughs> see, and this is the funny thing about the Raiders, right? Like. They in the draft, they go for these character guys, right? You know, they that was the right, Cleveland right. Farrell right. selling point was he's a character guy. Josh Jacobs, a character guy. Well, that's a Mayak move. And then, and, then, and, then, and then it's like, all right, Gruden comes in like, thanks, Mike. Draft's <laughs> over. This is my time to shine. We're going to bring in Antonio Brown. We're going to bring in Richie Incognito. Let's really mix it up. So, But to me, the running back position, there's just way too much depth at this point. But Okay, so here's the problem with Jacobs and why I think people aren't as high on him. He only averaged eight carries per game in 2018. The knock yep. against him, right, was he's yep. never been like an RB1. Can he do it? We don't know. In fact, in his three-year college career at Alabama, he only managed 20 attempts one time in three years. But other side of that coin, obviously, is fresh legs. We've never seen a back with this limited of a workload resume and this uninspiring of an athletic profile Come in and be a first round pick and then just like walk right into workhorse mode. You can go to Alvin Kamara as a guy who didn't have a long college resume, but he was very athletic, at the, at least from a combine perspective. I like Josh Jacobs as a player. I'm just saying right now, if you're looking at like early drafts, you know, running back 17 to, to 21, just run through the list. Wait, I was going to give you the names. Okay, go. No, you go. All right. On. Will you take him ahead of Sony Michelle? No. So even with Damian. Harris there in in New England. You're still yeah no thinking okay. I'm still thinking Michelle, but not loving not loving Michelle either. Leonard Fournette. No, you're you're going to take Leonard Fournette ahead of Josh Jacobs. I mean, I'm hoping I don't ever have to. Take well, this Leonard is the Fournette. round, that, but this is like the area that they're all. I mean, these are the names you want to play the name game, friend. Let's play it. What about Derrick Henry? Uh, uh, Henry. Okay, but do you have a crush on him? I do have a crush <laughs> on him. I also think he has a lot of touchdown potential. I don't think Jacobs has a high touchdown potential. He's in a platoon. Derrick Henry. Henry? A theoretical platoon. Yes. Damian Williams? No, no. Definitely give me Damian Williams over him. Marlon Mack? Give me Marlon Mack. Okay. So those. So then you are truly below... If if who was the only Leonard Fournette was the only one. Yeah, only because on. like I don't think there's any scenario where I want to draft Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette. in like okay. the third round. So then you are putting him in the RB20 and beyond tier. Yes. All right. I still have him RB15. But I'm it's a conversation. I'm putting him with names like Darius Geis, Kenyon Drake... Tevin Coleman. Wow, but don't you think he's going to see something like 17 touches a game? I think, yes. I think if we get to the point in the summer where we have a little bit more clarity on the situation, then yeah. But I also wonder about his receiving work, too, because, like, don't forget, Jalen Richard caught a lot of passes last year, and I think he could still have a role. He's still on the team. I, I mean, that's that's fair, but then we talk about the predictability issues. Yeah. So, no, I agree with you, but I'm just saying if the Raiders are down in games and they're in clearly already predictable pass game situations, we could see Richard out there as a guy who catches 70 to 80 balls and then like he did last year, and then that doesn't leave much for Josh Jacobs. So then the answer to the question is uh, from both of us, if the RB18 spot is where you're finding Josh Jacobs and acknowledging that this is May, yeah. that is not a value, in fact. No. Um, I would I would take him at RB15, so it's about the same spot. Matt would take him after RB20. So, there you go. You wanted to talk about the Cowboys. I don't really care about them. <laughs> you don't want to talk? All right. Well, I mean, I just think it's interesting. They've just started extension talks with... We talked about this earlier. You in the, love extension talks, man. I do love a good extension talk. Yes. Um, I think it's interesting to... Just because this team especially, we talked about this earlier in the offseason, but they have a lot of work to do when it comes to contract extensions. They got the DeMarcus Lawrence deal done. Great. Now they have to get done Zeke. They have to get done Dak, and they have to get done Amari Cooper. And I thought it was interesting. You know, obviously, the, the Dak contract is going to get the most plug in terms of media. And, you know, he's probably going to get $30-plus million a year. Like, that's what just what's going to happen. And then they said uh, that Amari Cooper's first ask was shockingly, shockingly. high. <clears throat> 
And they also recognize that the floor for that is $16 million. They know they're not getting it less than $16 million per year. Mm-hmm. But I wonder what he asked for that was, quote, well, unquote, shockingly AB high. AB is getting what per year? He's getting like over around 20 or something. Yeah, I was going to say over 19, 19.8. But so, I'm not paying so, Amari Cooper that money. Well, so then what is shockingly high? Because those have to be the – if 16 is the floor and AB is he the probably ceiling. Asked for, he probably – 16.7 on average for – Antonio Brown. He probably asked for what about Odell Beckham? He's making like eighteen million per year, I think. Wait, AB is sixteen point seven per year on average. I see. Anyways, we'll I'm not. Off. There's there's no way that if Amari Cooper wants to be the highest paid receiver in the league, I don't think he sticks around Dallas because they have all these other big contracts to get done. They're definitely giving Zeke a like laughably high contract. Well, so that's what our colleague Tank Williams tweeted, which I wanted to bring up here. By the way, you can follow Tank on Twitter at TankWilliams13. He said, and I quote, Zeke is the juice that makes the off get loose. That means offense. But they worried about signing Dak and Amari. If I'm Zeke, I need to get my bag immediately, especially the way teams have approached running back deals lately. Hashtag never forget. Hashtag Dallas Cowboys. This is a very fair point. I, By the way, I could not say it as well as Tank did. You didn't, you know, note that emojis were used, like emoji with the expressionless face, you know. Those emojis are on Harmon's radar. Like you're like not a, an emoji friendly human. No, I, I am. Some, no, it wasn't, it wasn't a negative at all. I have to agree here that both you and Tanker, right, and that Zeke is going to get paid way more than he probably should. And the Rams are going to say, I told you so. Yeah, it's rough. Um, I, I think for his sake, he would want to get the deal done quickly and I just want to see how this plays out because Amari Cooper is a fascinating guy to talk about this year everybody's very excited going into this season because you know we remember the big highlight real moments of him as a Dallas Cowboy I think after going back and charting him for reception perception I not not only was he used well in Dallas I thought he was used well in Oakland this year you know as a guy finally was they didn't just roll him out at x receiver and take the top corner and face press coverage on you know 40% of your snaps or whatever get double teamed a lot that didn't happen in either place and still nevertheless and I think people forget about this in Dallas he was still a very volatile player week to week and that might happen naturally because of the offense but I still just think he's an inconsistent up and down player so He's, he's going to be a fun one to debate this summer leading into fantasy drafts. And I think the fact that there's this contract thing laying out in the air adds another layer to it. Right now, I mean, he's a top 12 fantasy receiver, would you say? He is the consensus Yahoo 12. He's the consensus. See, this, I'm so out of tune with all these rankings. I struggle to even Here find— Here you go. Here, I'll make it easy for you. Please do. Do you prefer T.Y. or Amari? T.Y. Um, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen, for sure. Okay, that's interesting. Stefan. The best route runner in the NFL, Stefan Diggs. Yes. Okay. Well, then you don't believe that Amari Cooper is a top 12. How about this? I'm looking just on fantasy football calculator right now, ADP, because, you know, but it's very early. Keep that in mind. What about AJ Green or Amari Cooper? I think Green's got a higher ceiling. I think Green— I have them ranked 11 and 12. Okay. So Green at 11 and Cooper at 12. What so about Keenan Allen? I have Keenan Allen ranked uh, at 10. Cool. All right. So— I Just those. a lot of these guys in this tier, I'm more interested in them than Amari Cooper. Fair enough. All right. So do you feel satiated in your Cowboys chatter? Yep. Thank you for humoring me. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Let's talk stock watch teams again. We know it's May, guys. We know it's May, but like we're excited. We're having fun. We want to talk about things that are trending up or down. Things will change. That's kind of what the stock market and fantasy markets do. Matt, give me a riser. I think a clear riser coming out of the NFL draft. I, you know, we weren't all that jazzed about what happened with them in the first round at draft night. You know, it was like, oh, that's interesting, weird. But the Falcons investing in their offensive line. I think actually for for fantasy, strictly for fantasy, because I think you can make an argument, wow, they really, really should have gone a little bit harder at that defense uh, in the draft. But for fantasy purposes, the fact they get two offensive linemen in the first round, they invested in some offensive linemen in free agency. That was the clear weakness to me of of their scoring unit, because they have great skill position players. Devonta Freeman, if he's healthy, I think it's going to be a huge. We're talking about running back rankings. I think he's going to be a huge value if he falls to like that 3-4 round mm-hmm. turn. 
because Tevin Coleman's gone and they didn't really bring in anybody of consequence. Edo Smith is, is nice, but they didn't bring in someone of that caliber to challenge him. So he's a great p- value pick to me. Julio Jones, we know is great. Calvin Ridley, holy <laughs> Matt, Calvin Ridley Matt caught feelings real hard for. for I Ridley. am so, after charting yeah. his rookie season. Oh boy, I mean, unbelievable! I liked him coming out of college, and he was like exactly the player that anybody who watched him in college thought he would be. Gets open with ease. He, great route runner, and the fact that he gets to play against you know softer coverage because he plays across from Julio Jones, it's a perfect fit. And I mean, he just dusted people. As a rookie, I think. Well, Mohamed Sanu, also not horrible. Like no. a great ancillary piece. Austin Hooper had himself a little bit of a breakout last year. All of these things trend up for Matt Ryan, who's consistently believed to be a floor play. But I think, you know, last year was, was the number ceiling. two yeah. fantasy quarterback. I think that that's interesting. I mean, if you are positioning it from a fantasy perspective, the Falcons are like an under the radar Riser. My riser's not that under the radar. It's pretty obvious. Your 49ers. My 49ers. In fact, I think I've said this before, and I said this on the last pod, that I think the NFC West is one of the most, is the most interesting, obviously, after the AFC East divisions <laughs> in football. Uh, but when you look at, so our own Amanda Borges, who you should follow on Twitter. It's Amanda Borges, man. You got to Google that. I don't know what her Twitter is right away. But, um, she sat down with Jimmy Garoppolo. At a Borges TV. There you go. At a B O R G E S TV. After you follow Tank, go follow her. Yes. She sat down with Jimmy Garoppolo, had a great interview. Garoppolo, by the way, I mean, yes, we know he's handsome, but I think he put on some weight. Like, dude looks like little, he put on like 15 like, weight or like muscle. No, milk. no, no. Like, not birthday cake not weight. Not birthday cake okay. weight. Like, filling out the black t shirt nicely kind of weight it's a good look it is and i think that that i liked that i her interview with him i mean listen he did a lot of the like like player speak um grinding film and blah 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 but he is assumedly going to be healthy um he's on pace to be healthy they've added some great new pieces debo samuel who you know i've been obviously high on was the 36th overall pick he's a nice versatile player they also added jalen hurd I think will probably project to be a bit of a gadget, but this is um, just another Swiss Army, another tool in the Swiss Army knife of the offense that Kyle Shanahan is known for creating. Um, Debo, by the way, I just want to throw out, I did do a projection. I don't know why I feel like fearlessly forecasting, but I did. I'm going to give him 47 catches for 568 yards and four touchdowns. So maybe not that much relevance in terms of fantasy standalone, but in terms of helping his quarterback I like it a lot. Let's not forget that Garcon is no longer there. And Marquise Goodwin should be healthier this year. Jerick McKinnon back. Dante Pettis started to flash towards the end Mm -hmm. of last year. Um, And if we are talking fantasy, (laughs) the 49ers went and drafted a punter in the fourth round. They did not address their cornerback situation. Akella Witherspoon, not great. Not good. Not good. good. (laughs) That didn't happen. I mean, they did draft somebody uh, in the sixth round, uh, Tim Harris, who's out of Virginia. But if I'm looking at a deficiency in the defense, particularly the secondary, and I'm thinking that's going to mean that Jimmy G is going to have to pass a lot more, especially in a high-octane division like the NFC West, then cool. That, to me, means all the more for the 49ers and Jimmy G. They're a fun team right now because they do mirror the Chiefs in a lot of ways to me from last year because they're I think if their offense hits, they have a ton of ways they can attack you, a lot of versatility. They have a quarterback that we both think is good. And then, yeah, on defense, they have a really bad secondary, but they have the potential to have a great pass rush. Well, um, right. I sat down with your friend uh, Jen Welter yesterday for. Oh, an, you did. Yes, I meant to bring this up with you, but she was one incredible. Mm-hmm. So, if you do s- decide to subscribe to Rookie Orientation, the podcast I'll be doing, she'll be on several episodes. But we sat down and watched Bosa together for. Oh, you did. Like you watched fi- it together. Yeah, for That's like cool. for like fifteen minutes, and we were both, you know, very very impressed with him and. Well, her, he's joining, right? He's joining Solomon Thomas. This was our this, Buckner. This was our take because she was explaining to me the difference between like what you can see from a pass rusher that makes him that strong side end versus the weak side end, and you know, she's sitting there saying like the way he gets off the ball, the hand technique, everything like that. He's and the way he can rip an attack inside and out. You definitely want him as that strong side end. And I'm I said, well, it's perfect fit across from a guy like D Ford, right? So they and the Chiefs last year, of course, were a team that. 
had D Ford. They had a, a good strong side pass rusher in um, Justin Houston, and then obviously they have DeForest. Ah. Or, well, the 49ers have DeForest Buckner. The Chiefs had Chris Jones as an interior disruptor. I'm not saying they're going to be you know the 2019 Chiefs. I'd really be taking the 49ers fan them seriously there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think there's just some potential similarities there. <clears throat> so we believe that they are ascending at least from a fantasy perspective. I w- it will be interesting to see how the targets, I mean, I'm not touching that backfield, but I would like to see how the, tar- how the targets in the, among the pass catchers. Breda. That's, he's the best runner. Because he's the cheapest too. He's going to be the cheapest one. Yeah, no one's going to touch him. No, don't bother. If someone gets hurt, yeah, but wait, why would you do that like week one of your draft? Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. I oh, um, best ball drafts or something, which we have oh, coming. coming. Also, it's funny. We made it through this whole conversation about the 49ers offense. We didn't bring up that they have probably one of the best tight ends, if not the best tight oh. end in the NFL, George Kittle. <laughs> so the like, best like, after the catch athlete in yeah, the NFL. Period. Talk about fallers. Faller for me, I think, is the Packers. Is it because Aaron Rodgers didn't buy his girlfriend a drink at the damn Milwaukee Bucks game and is the that, guy behind him? Is that to? on your radar? Oh yeah. Interesting because I was having a chat in our in our group chat last night and Alex was like, This isn't a big deal. I don't understand why people are talking about it. And I was like, Well, I've seen like 30 people talking about it on Twitter. But shout out to David Bakhtiari in the same game. Did you see yeah, this yes. one? Chugged just two beers and like those didn't look like Miller Lights to me. Those looked like some some, some heavy thick, beers. Crafty yeah. sort of something. I was impressed. Spotted Cow, by the way. This is the second time I'm gonna reference that beer. It's a local Wisconsin beer. It's excellent. I don't even like like craft beer. It's solid. Oh, you've had it? Yeah. Oh, I'm surprised. Um, um but yeah, the Packers to me because and maybe this is unfair. And if we just trust that Matt LaFleur comes in and him and Aaron Rodgers gel, great. You know, the offense, I know Aaron was uh, on the timeline recently in some video that was saying, you know, he's like, well, it's great. You know, they show you all the explosive plays from the offense. Like they show you a highlight reel and all the potential, you know, this and that or the other. So maybe the system gels. He flows right into it and it's great. However, they really did not add very many pieces to the skill position group. I mean, they so maybe there's some potential for value here alongside obviously Devonte Adams. We have the three rookies from last year returning: Marquez Valdez Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown, Jamon Moore, and uh, they did add uh, Sternberger in the draft, right? Like so, there is something there in terms of pass catchers, but it's just him and Jimmy Graham in the tight end room. So, and that dude's washed. Yeah, and he's washed. So, <laughs> like, along with Aaron Jones, I mean, it's just really the same cast of characters coming back from last year. And, I think and Jamal he, Williams. And Jamal Williams. And I think, I, honestly, I think you can make the argument that this is the worst receiving core that Aaron Rodgers has ever worked with in his time as a starter. I'm looking at it right now. Unless one of these three guys just really... Well, he doesn't have... A, he has no safety valve no. without Cobb there either. I mean, he does like Gmo a lot. Like, they, he all... You know, and Geronimo right. Allison, I forgot, yeah. to, I forgot to bring up. Yeah, he's still there. He got hurt midway through last year. Um, but he's also a player that... You know how Rodgers, like, picks his guys? And it yeah. is a real <laughs> obvious thing. So he's yeah. always been high on Gmo. So maybe that becomes the, like, secondary security blanket but there is no i mean no, i imagine like, Gmo's gonna receiver. fly into the slot right well marquez valdez scantling played like big slot for a bit last year so there's some potential for that but on on i will say to stick up for rogers for a second uh on the whole like picks his favorites thing because i just want i think it's worth pointing out like because he get, he's been getting obviously a ton of flack for this recently especially all the jeff janice truthers will never let you forget oh. that like he really he really like ruined I mean, jeff janice jared aberderis right like yeah i mean so, dad he created the dad bob hash dad bod hashtag I will just say for to Rogers' defense, one guy that he stuck up for even when he was like the worst receiver in the league was Devontae, Devontae Adams, Adams, who's now become one of the absolute best elite studs of the league. So maybe that's a good sign for Geronimo, Geronimo Allison, who has all this opportunity ahead of him. All right. Well, that I think the point there, though, is to look for value. Like this could be an opportunity for value, and that's where we should pin it and focus on rather than the offense falling or not. Um, well, it's just there's potential for value. We just don't know where it's, it's going to come be, from right. yet. But let's talk about your follower because kind of some big news here yeah. for, for your follower. So I, I had this prepared before the news broke. Mm-hmm. So um, Doug Baldwin and Cam Chancellor were both cut by the Seattle Seahawks, obviously synonymous with the Legion of Boom era of Seahawks, the 2015 Super Bowl champions. Both um, with failed physical designations, of correct. course. Correct. We knew that the ball, we knew, we knew this was coming, right? This isn't a giant surprise. Yeah, I guess I thought that he would retire before, before they cut. would cut him. So 
the chancellor thing, I feel like we we since twenty seventeen we've let him yeah. go long ago. So that's just them getting him off the books or whatever. Um, but Baldwin is interesting because I would have thought he would just retire. Does this mean maybe he tries to come back with another team? I, I would think it means his career is over. But the fact that he, they cut him with the failed physical designation and that he just doesn't come out and he didn't come in outright, you know, retire as a Seahawk, a, a beloved player there on and off the field, a, a huge success story as an undrafted Did, free agent. Right? I remember when he first popped on the scene, it was like he was a Stanford guy, you know, make a place for the Seahawks while Stanford Jim Harbaugh is across the street play, coaching the 49ers. Niners, and that right? was like a, a, a talking point. Well, there and for his a connection, I mean, he when Richard Sherman was there like that, yeah. that there was a, a there was a brotherhood, which is perfect for a Pete Carroll coach team, right? Because it's the college rah-rah thing. Mm-hmm. And like what happens after three to four years, you graduate and you move on because you get sick of everyone barking at you. Although looking back, I should have stayed in college for many more years had I been able to afford it because the real world, kids, is a different place. I was um, at college today. <clears throat> you were. You want to talk about your other podcast again? No, that's okay. Do you have enough? Should we? I'm sorry. Okay. So – Assume we know that Baldwin is not going to be on the Seahawks. We know that there are there are holes here. Baldwin spent roughly about sixty percent of his time in the slot, averaged when he was healthy around seven targets per game. Yep, um, that's ninety to a hundred targets vacated. That's about where he would land. You know, he was a triple digit target guy for several seasons. So uh, there's a lot of opportunity here theoretically available for for Tyler Lockett. Mm. Come on, I think Liz. You're, well, first of all, you don't have to preach to me about Tyler Lockett. I think, I think you're hitting. I think you're hitting on the wrong position. Well, there's opportunity available for Rashad Penny. For Rashad Penny, ah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I can't, what? Go ahead, please sell me on this. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, first, let's talk. I think everyone's going to immediately pivot to DK Metcalf. So let's just let's just go in some sort of order here. Okay, Tyler. Lockett has the versatility to move around. I'm not yeah. denying that, right? But he did spend most of his time outside when he was most effective. I mean, you, I don't know, you probably charged him three times last Wednesday. So. Uh, he has set, his sample has been logged. Uh, it's great, by the way. Uh, it's real and it's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, he was like a 50.8% player in the slot last year. So he did, because obviously Doug Baldwin's was missing hurt. games, but even in 2017, they would use him inside a little bit too. So I think that's a major if we're talking about worrying and we are we are talking about worrying about regression whatever which we know is coming like yards per target like touchdowns per target whatever we know that's coming for Tyler Lockett but boom and consistency can come from playing inside more being used on shorter routes which of course I I think he can run and also um just the the massive loss of a player like Doug Baldwin ball, uh, volume wise but of course yeah the trickle down is more interesting cuz I think more people we know that we're drafting Tyler Lockett this year oh of course nah and if you're not uh <laughs> Just unsubscribe from the podcast now. No, don't do that. <laughs> please. Please don't do that. Do you know how much I have to hear about subscribing to the podcast? Please do not do that. So I think people are going to be like, oh, that DK Metcalf. Like, right? They they drafted a guy. I mean, there's DK Metcalf. It's not – I don't think he is polished enough. Like, this could be a Kevin White situation. He's not mm, polished. Wow. I know you've got these feels for this guy. Wow. But, like, if you're into go routes on a team that likes to run the ball – you got a problem here. I'm not saying that it isn't an eventuality. The same way it was with Loggett. How many years did it take this guy to finally turn over in this offense, even with a different offensive coordinator and behind a continually shuffling offensive line? Like, I think that if you look at, you look at the backfield and you think, I know what Chris Carson does. Yep. Right? Rashad Penny underwhelmed last year. There's no doubt about it. What is he great? He's great at, he's a quality route runner. He has great hands. He's capable. Can there be some like, I'm going to use like a really cheap comp here just for the sake of of understanding everything. Can he have some theoretic crossover here? Can he be worked as a pass caster? Can he be used as a as a slot receiver in time? I think so. To me, that means penny stock is going up. That's the trickle I'm interested in. Yes, it's a deep position, but I think he can definitely be within the top I don't know, 30 running backs. And to be fair to Rashad Penny, obviously, yes, he underwhelmed from like a bottom line fantasy perspective because people hyped him up way too high. And they, Brad Evans. 
I wasn't going to say it, but, you know, we, we, people forget Brad Evans hyped up Royce Freeman way too high. I mean, well, pe- everybody knows you hyped up Royce Freeman way too high, but don't forget about Rashad Penny. True too, story. I met Rashad Penny at the NFLPA rookie event. Yeah. And I took a video. I asked him to do a video talking to Brad. Oh, how sweet. I know. I'm adorable. Um, <laughs> and he was like, I'm going to kill it for you in fantasy. And then I like sent it to Brad and he's always remembered it. And now I will throw it in his face. I, I will note, though, like several times when Rashad Penny got you know, nine, eight or nine carries a game in in games last year. He played, he, he did well on those touches, on limited looks. He did produce, like, he had that, obviously, that one blow-up game against the Rams where he went 12, 108, and a touchdown. But there's, like, eight for 46, 765 and a touch, eight for 44, nine for 49. I mean, there are several games where when he got looks, he added an explosive element. So I think to lend credence to your argument there, there's opportunity here, and maybe they do see a bit more of a split backfield, whatever. And maybe that just leads you to not draft Chris Carson, even if you don't want to sure, draft fine. Rashad yes. Penny. I'll take that, too. Um, did you want to talk about DK Metcalf, given the situation? Well, I mean, I think that if he, they're excited about him. Look, Pete Carroll uh, is bringing— It's so gross. Bah, 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 he's bringing out the hype trumpet. Like every, Taking off his T-shirt. Yeah, he's popping off the T-shirt. Uh, Which, you by know. the way— You know what? No, I was going to say something— I'm really impressed with your confidence. Good for you. Let me say when I, when I interviewed DK Metcalf, he popped his shirt on, popped his shirt off. I left mine on because you know, Pete, I'm a professional. Um, but anyways, uh, so I think that DK Metcalf obviously has opportunity to be the wide receiver too in this offense. But if he doesn't, it's worth remembering. Uh, David Moore flashed last year as a so player I for think them. The DK Metcalf draft was the like nail in the D- David Moore coffin. Potentially. I agree with you that he could be. And also, let's not forget they drafted more. They drafted Gary Jennings as well. They drafted other wide receivers this past year. So clearly there are guys that can usurp a player like David Moore. I'm just saying that he's a name worth remembering that if DK Metcalf does go to Kevin Kevin White or something, you know, then, yeah, then there are there are other players here. But really, we're hoping that Metcalf wins that wide receiver two job because I think he's a great fit in the offense. You just beat your hands on the table. I don't know if anyone heard that, but it was almost like you were mimicking a drum beat, which is kind of a, a, a theory you have yes. in general. Would yes. you like to explain it? So the drum beat, and we said several times in this podcast, look, we get it. It's May, right? Like, this is not real yet. However, I think the way, and this is a credit to my my fantasy football, football media fathers, Sigmund Bloom, Cecil Lammy, those guys at the Audible will always say that when you're studying offseason, it's important to look for the drumbeat. Like it's not this one, like you're not going to go draft a guy off one Roto World blurb, you know, like, oh, this guy, he's killed in practice. Let me go draft him. What you want to hear is a steady ascending drumbeat. You know, it starts in mini camps. It gets louder in training camp. It goes out and becomes a reality on the field in preseason. These are the things you want to look for when you're looking for offseason sleepers, you know, risers up the draft board, whatever. Guys, you're excited to be breakout players, all that. So that's the drumbeat theory. You have a player? I have two players, actually. And oh. one of them, I think you'll be you'll be stunned at this, Liz. <laughs> but I, I, I said this, you know, to myself, oh. because look, this is another thing when it comes to the drumbeat. Remove your feelings and emotions from it and look at it from a fact-based perspective. And one player that I'm not saying, we're just we're talking right now just the early signs and like maybe these guys become drumbeat players because this is another important point. If you start to hear it in minicamp and then in training camp it, it fizzles out, d- d- back away. Right, There's right, no right. optimism to have here. But one guy that I think we should watch out for is Ronald Jones of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Heartbreaker. He broke your heart last year, Liz. He did. However. And I did not back away, which was my fault. So many times I felt like, <laughs> look, this was early on in, in us working together. I, You know, I I know you didn't necessarily like, wanna, you? like me. That was one <laughs> way to say it. But I feel like there were many times I tried to be like, Liz, don't don't do this. Like, don't die on this hill. And you're like, I'm dying on this hill. <laughs> so many deaths. So many deaths. Anyway, so Ronald Jones, a god-awful rookie year. I mean, it can't really go worse. However, it's worth noting that the Bucks have done nothing to their backfield other than add uh, Rich Rebar's favorite player, Kerwin Williams, yeah. uh, bringing the Arizona game back. I think they've also got Andre Ellington in that backfield. So Bruce Arians really bringing all his boys in there. However, Jason Light praised uh, Ronald Jones, said that no player impressed the new coaching staff more than Ronald Jones. Again, he could fall behind Peyton Barber and be a total, 
you know, piece of dust this year and just be irrelevant. Doesn't matter. Well, he did last year. No. <laughs> well, I mean, what they is this? They didn't have this, a backfield. Is this 2018 <laughs> right now? You're doing it again. I'm just saying there's a potential for him to be absolutely nothing. But the fact that there's some positive news here and the fact that they didn't add anybody to their backfield of any significance. And Ronald jo- and and this is the difference between this year and last year. Ronald Jones is dirt ass cheap right now. So, mm-hmm. hey, it's worth a shot. I mean, you- I, I, I like it. I feel like this is like you just gave me a Christmas present. Thank you. I oh, feel great about it. You know, I have him in Dynasty. There you go. Now I'm I'm not going to get rid of him. Um, you Consider have, this your birthday present. <laughs> thank you. In six months from now, um, did you you had another player and another one that I know you don't like is James Washington. I didn't say I didn't like him. I didn't like him last year. I didn't think he was going to produce as a rookie. Right, which he did didn't. not. He was the scary part about him is he was like a game day healthy scratch, you know, a couple of times. And then when he would get opportunity, he wouldn't do that much with it. But there have been some obvious shifts in the receiving core in Pittsburgh. And so now James Washington has more of an opportunity. Yeah. So as opposed to betting last year that like he might scratch some sort of bit of the rotation, dig into guys like Antonio Brown or Juju Smith-Schuster, which some of us me said incorrectly last year instead of making that bet this year you're making the bet that okay he's gonna beat out Dante Moncrief he's gonna beat out Deontay Johnson the rookie they drafted mm-hmm. this year Eli Rogers Eli Rogers what, Ryan Switzer, piece, yeah. you know, whatever but the and it just is Justin Hunter still on this roster um anyways point being now you're making that bet you're also making it cheaper so again early drumbeat player Listen to what's coming out of Pittsburgh when it comes to James Washington. When we get into um, camps and everything like that, pay attention. Is he running with the starters or is he running behind Dante Moncrief? Like he's a player that could be a serious breakout guy as on a team that wants to throw the ball a lot. I don't hate that one. I think Ronald Jones is much more intriguing. Of course you do. But, <laughs> but those are two names to keep in mind. Um, I have one. Along the same lines as Ronald Jones, um, I'm a little bit worried that it's going to turn into a hashtag BSOHL situation, which your friend, I believe, Marcus Grant coined. So best shape of your life, baby. Right, best shape of his life. It's Donta Foreman. Mm. Because when I look at the Texans draft, so I will admit immediately after the draft, I sort of didn't look at the Texans draft because I was like, "What did they have one? What happened here? What, yeah. What, it's like everybody talked about how they got jumped for Andre Dillard by the Eagles and then was like, well, just, Take another tackle and then that's it. Shrug emoji. (laughs) Like, I don't know. And how often do rookie tackles struggle, right? Like, like, I think we're all guilty of being like, well, they drafted a tackle. Great. Does that mean it's going to work? No. That is an O-line that Bill O'Brien does not seem to be able to coach up. Mm -hmm. He doesn't seem to be able to fix it. It is his... It is his... um, Bugaboo. Sure. Bugaboo. But when I look at Dante Foreman and I look at Lamar Miller, Lamar Miller was productive Ish, he's fine. Enough. He's Le- fine. fine. Do I think he's going to stay healthy again? Do I think that he's going to have the same volume? No. I know that Foreman is coming off of an Achilles. He missed basically all of last year, save week 16, which he did ironically score in. And the current reports are the most immediate reports out of camp. And I do think it was interesting that this one came April 22nd, just two days before the draft, which might have been, looking back, a little bit of a hint about what they were or were not going to do in the draft. Here was the quote. We think he's a very talented guy. Big can, this is from Bill O'Brien. We think he's a very talented guy. Big can run, can catch the ball in the backfield. Very instinctive, tough runner. We're expecting him to come back ready to go. And we've heard that's going to be the case. He's working hard and we're looking forward to see him back in the building. So again, this is like a tiny thrum. Little. Just a tiny thrum. You know, like I'm hearing it. It's a heartbeat of a drumbeat. And maybe it grows or maybe it doesn't, but this would be an opportunity. And again, I think your point earlier was excellent. Maybe this isn't about Donta Foreman. Maybe this is about not overpaying for Lamar Miller. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, who, to be fair, is a, you know, pretty cheap right now, but we'll we'll see what happens. He's going to—you know there's going to be the, like, but look at the volume yeah, narrative, and yeah. he's going to shoot up the draft boards, and people are going to forget, and they're going to— And, he'll, and he'll, like, he, will, he will go as running back 15, and he will finish as running back 15, and, like, whoop-de-doo. And that's it. And that, by the way, is it for us. Well, we have one situation to address before we leave. And um, I tweeted out that we have a voicemail hotline. Which I would read the number, but I just shot my laptop. <laughs> that would be eight 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 five Yahoo um, or eight 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 five nine two four six six. Well, we got some voicemails this week. We did. 
Brett, um, reported the news to me. Producer Brett, by the way, reported the news to me that we had, uh, what was it, 100? <laughs> 100 plus. 100 plus voicemails. I noted that a few people I follow on Twitter and interact with, interacted with the tweet of the voicemail. And so I had some suspicions about who it might be. Brett played the voicemail for me, and I can confirm that it was uh, Matt Waldman. Um, oh, he played many of the voicemails. He played many of the voicemails, and, and I can Us. confirm each one was Matt Waldman. Now, listen, Waldman, two things. One, Brett is not going to, is, has told me he will not play any of these voicemails out of principle. Principle, I believe it was. Because producer Brett is dadding you real hard. Yes. So we cannot play any of these voicemails um, under threat of whatever from Brett. I'll say this. Look, I'm glad you have all this time on your hands because the rookie scouting portfolio is done. <laughs> Good for you. But I've seen the state of your office that you just moved into in this new house. Maybe get your shit together, fix your home, and don't call this voicemail line again unless you have a real question. And I can't tell you if you have a real question or not in one of these hundreds because Brett won't even let me hear it, most of them. So good waste of time on the voicemail hotline. I love you, Matt. Uh, and please, other people call in with real questions. Also, if you have organizational questions, I mean, I've used bins and a label maker in my life. Yes, if you have questions on how to um, construct your office. Make a workflow situation. Ask Liz. <laughs> ask Liz and I'll be here to <laughs> To nod to and say she's right. To contribute. Um, seriously, though, leave a message for us next week. We will be back one week. We're back in the regular rotation. The number is 888-859-2466. That's 888-859-2466. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. Go subscribe to the podcast. Just subscribe. Don't be an idiot. Don't be a loser. We're nice. available on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. If you're enjoying this banter, leave a nice five leave stars. Leave a review. Leave there a are review. many reviews from back when yours truly was not producing this podcast. Now the podcast is different. It's like it's, well, there's different hosts. There's I'm sure I'm sure Harmon's already angling for like the my job. So that'll job probably continue that? to change. Um, We're both hosting the podcast together. Uh-huh. And, I don't want anything other than that. We've had a nice podcast. We've agreed with each other several times. Why does fair. it have to end on this sour note? Yeah, that's kind of our thing. Yeah. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. You can follow me at Liz Loza underscore FF. And we'll be back next week. Subscribe. Yeah. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.